Hi everyone, my name's Marion. I'm reading from Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 15, which is on page 1182 if you're using the Church Bible. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God, and you were enemies in your minds, because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard, And it has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. I'd like to pray for John as he comes to speak to us. Our loving Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you now for John, and we ask that you will speak to us through him. Amen. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, everybody. Thank you. (laughs) Um, We're heading into this series. We've been in it two or three places now. We're we're pondering the notion that because our world is changing so dramatically, and I gave a little bit of evidence about that in in the first term I spoke. You can find tons more if you want to, and you guys know about it far more than I do. The world is changing dramatically. It's changing very, very quickly. And we need to understand where our church stands and where we stand personally in relation to that change. Uh, That change has the potential to threaten our faith completely. Unless we understand what the roots are of our faith, we are standing and moving on the edge of destiny, but we need to know what the foundations that inspire us are. They are incredibly important. Now, I want to say to you, I am not about what you should know. I am about what you should do. Remember that football coach who said in that famous uh, rant to the, for the footy club, don't know, do! Do you know? You remember that? You've seen that? You haven't. Oh, dear me. An AFL coach who was you know, one of the blasters, he, he, said to, he said to his team, I don't want you to know, I want you to do! I want you to do! And that's what I want to say to you, I'm on about in this series. I, you need to know. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not interested in what you know, I'm interested in what you do. 
I, Ariel, I wasn't going to say this, to, I wouldn't tell you I was going to do this, but Ariel, how's your back? Now, I say that because last week Ariel came to me a bit of a wonky donkey at night. She had a crook back and she said to me, would you pray for my back, please? Would you pray for healing? So I said, sure. And I prayed for her and I put it in the back of my memory somewhere last week. Got to ask Ariel how her back is next Sunday night. Don't ask, don't, don't know, do. Do you know what it means to live this life in relationship with this God. Now, we've got to be a bit careful. Let me go through some of these with you. Sorry again, I'm coming down here. I feel much more comfortable down here. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Who do you believe he is? What have you learned about this Jesus? What have you discovered about this Jesus? Who is he for you? My Jesus? You put yourself in there where the my is. Uh, my Jesus? The Jesus I know and I've in my life. He's the one who relates to me. He, he, he has the characteristics that I, that I see in place. He, 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 he goes where I go and he, he, he's convenient for me. He, he does everything I want him to do. My Jesus? Uh, be very careful about creating your own Jesus. Be very careful about creating your own Jesus out of your own experiences and out of your own opinions. Every time we use the words uh, to describe who God is, we diminish him. When you talk about who God is, you leave behind the vast majority because our human words can't do it. But we want to say to ourselves, who is this Jesus? The issue is moulding a Jesus to suit our needs, a Jesus who brings no threat, a Jesus whom I can control, a Jesus is the one who causes no embarrassment to me because he doesn't ask me to do and to be what I don't want to do or be, causes no stress, demands little obedience, the convenient Jesus. There was a time, a long time ago, when theologians were on, a, tr on a, a trend to try and identify what they called the historical Jesus. Many of them wrote essays about the historical Jesus. And uh, somebody reviewed their essays. He said it was like watching people look down into a pond and write an essay on their own reflection. That what they wrote about was the Jesus they saw, not the Jesus who is. And I want to ask you tonight to anchor your life not on the Jesus you have seen, because you ain't seen nothing yet, but I want you to anchor your life on the Jesus who truly is. Then I want you to do. Or there could be a Jesus. Any Jesus. Uh, and let me explain this a little bit. Let's talk about the Colossian church and its circumstance. The Colossian church had, uh, had the, it was living in a city full of gods, like it was in those days. Incidentally, the city of Colossae eventually fell over uh, in an earthquake and it was never replaced. Um, I'm not sure what that's got to do with it, but there you go. There were lots of gods around. And the threat was 
that if you stood up and said, we follow the only God, you are likely to be under attack from the rest of the gods, of course. They would be offended by your behaviour. So there's a theologian in the day who said, well, let's understand who Jesus is. He is not actually God. God the Father created him and he is a number of emanations away from God the Father. So he is not the God, he is only a God among many. Now, there's just a little theological slip and we're safe from society, right? You know what the word is? Syncretism. The capacity to take on resources from other religions, combine them together in ours and have that religion be our religion and leave behind the, the goodness and the grace and the majesty of the master in, in the process. Jesus is an emanation. No, he's not. He is the God. Do you not know that there are people in our world today who believe that, that he is an emanation? They prefer to be witnesses to Jehovah not Jesus. One God among many fits in with local culture. We're going mighty slow here, team. Well, what's going on? Can you click it over for me if I'm... If, if I'm my clicker's not working. The reason for using this text, they faced our issues... Because on the edge of destiny, when we begin to project ourselves into a new society, there's always the potential for us to choose to do and say and say we believe and pretend we believe stuff that fits in the local society and causes us no grief. Taking on board things that people in our world want us to do when we should be saying, let me measure that against the gospel of Jesus Christ and be prepared to say yay or nay on the basis of who Jesus my saviour is. Not being prepared to say, well, society is pushing us in this direction this time. Well, let's take that on board. We, we can modify things a little bit about what we believe. It's called syncretism. In your faith, anchor your life in Jesus. How did Paul approach this issue? You're going to have to do that for me, I'm afraid. Okay, next one. There we go. The supreme head in cosmic reality. Paul goes to the Colossians and he says to the Colossians, I want you to understand who this Jesus is. I heard your theologian talking about the guy who was an emanation from the Father. He's telling lies. He's a rotten theologian. You need to get rid of him. I need to tell you that this guy, this God whom we serve, is the image of the invisible God. He is God himself. He is every single thing that God is in himself. If you saw God the Father and, John, and, and Jesus, his son, you would see no difference. They are together. They are one person. And with the Holy Spirit, they make up the Trinity. There is only one God. There are not multitudes of gods. There is one God who is the creator of the universe and he stands as the supreme one and he one day will judge all of those other gods. Thank you. He is the great creator. Now, this is an amazing thing. Have you seen the photographs from, these, uh, from, uh, from space these days, these latest ones that go right out to space? 
Whose hands hold that together at the ends? Well, I don't know whether there is an end. Our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Because he said, let it be. He said, throw that into space. He said, let's anchor that there. He said, let's have over and over again all sorts of stuff. Let's create the earth. And I tell you what, why don't we create something in eternity space, a little capsule called time? And why don't we put in that little capsule called time human beings who live a certain age? And the powers that me must have thought, that's, that's fairly wacky, but that's an interesting idea. What is time? Oh, well, time goes from A to B. What? There is no such thing as time. Uh, <clears throat> so he did all things in heaven, all things on earth, visible and invisible. Uh, what, what is time? Does time, is time always the same? Uh, no, I'll tell you a secret. Time bends, but don't tell everybody that. I'm going to allow one of my science guys to find that out in due course. Watch those little scientist people finding out the truth. Time, you send a bloke to space and his cousin, uh, sorry, his, his twin brother is younger than him when he gets back. <laughs> what? All the thrones and powers and authorities, yes, even Mr Putin, even Pol Pot, even the most wicked, heinous people on the face of the earth, he created them and he held them together by the power of his will. He let them go so far. And that when there was enough, was enough that demonstrated over and over again the wickedness of Satan in this world, he stopped it all. Thrones, powers and authorities. And the next one says, all things were created for him. All things were created for him. Nothing exists that did not exist for the sake of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm a geographer, way, way back in the dim past, and I love mountain ranges, and I love trees. I, look at, I love going to Alaska and looking at the landscapes. I love looking at the, the little pictures of sea creatures that nobody ever sees down on the bottom of the ocean and say to, say to myself, why in the world did God create that little? Because he loves it. He loves to be creative. He loves everything he creates. He rejoices in everything he creates. But he created one group of people who had the capacity to do what he has the capacity to do, and that was think. And he says, with those people, I'm going to build an intimacy and I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance my life. And I, as the preacher, want to say to you, don't know, do be in contact with this one who says, I long to dance with you. I long to share my life with you. I long intimacy with you. If your back is sore, come and ask somebody who can pray for you and they will pray for you. Does God heal today? Of course he does. He's the same God today as he was yesterday and the day before. Next, please. Holds all things together. Next slide. The supreme head of the church. He is the one who created the body. 
created human beings who were uh, those who were born again because they came to understand his majesty and his grace. They came to him and he said to them, let me raise you from death into life. From now on, you are equipped by the power of my presence, the Holy Spirit in you, to live your life in the dance of life with me. I know you. I understand you. I know every hair on your head. I know every fear you face. I know every disgrace you're trying to hide. I know everything about you. And I'm going to look you in the eye and I'm going to say to you, I who created all things, who threw the stars into space, stand before you and say, I love you. I love you. And I will pay whatever price it takes to show you. Don't know, do. You've only got one life. You've only got one set of possibilities. You can't, you can't let it waste away. You can't let it drift now. Start to talk to your best friend about what life is all about. The supreme head of the church. Let's move on. He is the master of the church, which is the bride of Christ. He intended for us to be his special creation. It was to be his body on earth. It was here to be equipped to do everything that Jesus would do if he were here. Where would Jesus be? He would be in the Collingwood Flats. Where would Jesus be? He would do with the, with the down and outs in the middle of the city. Yet he's with us. And he says to us, I can't do any of that. Well, I can, but I'm not going to. I can't do the stuff that needs to be done because I'm recruiting you, my family, my family to do the things that you have to do. And I, I, I need to tell you, what I've done is to put inside of you personally particular gifts. What I've done is to put inside of you particular abilities. And when you lock them in with the Holy Spirit, you will see your life become something that nobody has ever dreamt of. When you were born, he looked at you and said, man, look at that little girl. I've done that. She is beautiful. Look at that guy. He's going to be a hero one day. And I will live through their lives forever until that happens. Master of the church, the bride of Christ, in a, sense, in a directive sense, he has absolute authority over the church. What Jesus says goes. When we're facing a society that is changing and we come to him to ask how we should change, the answer is change with me in charge. There are places you cannot go, things you cannot do, things you cannot believe in or, 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 or try and understand. They are not of this kingdom. You live in the kingdom of God and you cannot accept some of the things that come out of the kingdom of this world as being the syncretism, syncretism with what you believe your faith is. But to find out, you've got to come to me. Find out you've got to know who you believe. In a functional sense, the whole body holds together because he is the head and he has gifted everybody and he has connections right the way through the body so the whole body operates with Jesus truly in charge. The whole body operates in, in, in a way that nobody can stand against. Lovely, beautiful. The characteristics of that location are love, joy, peace, patience, 
goodness, gentleness. And I always miss one out. Self-control is the last one. I always miss one out. Anybody tell me what I missed out? Thank you. That's the characteristic of this church when the master's in charge. Now, you've got to understand this gospel that we're talking about here is a topsy-turvy gospel. It's always upside down. The things of this world, the things of this world are always the downside of what our faith is talking about. Let me tell you a little secret, and I'm not going to expand on it, but let me tell you a little secret. When you come to Jesus, when a church comes to Jesus, Jesus always builds on the basis of death and resurrection. You find through history, everything that God has done has always been, on the, has always been based on the death of human purposes, the death of human ability, the death of human resources, and has been rebirthed by God himself doing the things that he chooses to do. Now, I don't want to expand on that, but that's a fact. If you want to go through and have a look at it. This is the faith we live, folks. This is the God whom we serve. This is the Jesus who rules supreme. In a functional sense, he holds the whole body together. In another sense, which they're going to put up in a minute, in a relational sense, everything is in its place and working together. He gifted you in a certain direction. None of us is better than the other. We're all in it together. He gave me the gift of preaching. Why? Because that's what he chose me to do. And so I have to do what I'm told. He gave you gifts, and you young people, you're at university. You're simply laying the foundations for those gifts being able to be used. He'll tell you what to do. He'll show you where to go. He'll give you his future for you. He is, in a relationship, relational sense, holding everything together. And next, he is the firstborn among the dead. You may say, oh, I know that. But if you think you know it and don't understand the implications of it, You've got a bit of a way to go. If Jesus is the firstborn among the dead, he has been raised again by who? The Holy Spirit. He has been raised from death to life by the Holy Spirit. How do we get born again? By the power of the Holy Spirit, he takes us from death through resurrection into newness of life and we sit next to our brother on the throne next to our father. He is the firstborn among many. Do you suppose that the Holy Spirit and God the Father separate when they do things with us? Who ever suggested that God was not like that all the time? When you dance with the dance of life, who are you dancing with? You are dancing with God himself. You have been invited into the Trinity so that the Trinity might show you where you need to be and what you need to do and where you need to go. This is amazing stuff. It is the gospel. It is where we are headed into the future. He is the firstborn among the dead. Move on, the representative human being. Did you know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven? Do you know who he is? He is the God-man. He never left behind his human nature. 
He took his human nature to be seated at the right hand of the Father that he might, the God-man, take humanity, humanity into the presence of the living God and allow humanity to live as his brothers and sisters. Seated at the right hand of the Father where he, inter, inter, whatever it is, for you and for me. Now before somebody tells you that this Jesus is some kind of emanation from the Father and that he is not the God, learn who he is. This is who he is. Now I know this is hard to come to grips with. It's taken me years to try and come to grips with the the majesty of who this one is. The representative human being in his victory is to be found our victory. In his truth is to be found our truth. In his love is to be found our love. In his grace is to be found our grace. It's who he is. It's what he does. And I say to you, indeed I plead with you, don't just know. Do. When you get home tonight, talk to this one. Relate to this one. Open up to this one and say, right, I'm ready to dance. Let's move on a little bit. Supremacy in all things. He has absolute authority in all things. He has absolute supremacy over people, over all the angels, over Satan, who's due for hell. Took third of the angels with him, he did. Became the ruler of this world in which you and I try and exist. We're living in the kingdom of God and there will inevitably be the clash of the kingdoms in our lives. There will inevitably be the clash of the kingdoms. He says to us, You should be doing this. We say, well, let me tell you that I live in the kingdom of God. I know that I'm on a journey. I've got to pass through this land, but I'm going to be with the Father for eternity. Where are you going to be? You're nothing but a liar and a cheat. And we don't trust liars and cheats. Supremacy in all things. Absolute authority in all things. Supreme in reconciliation. Supreme in being able to say to people who damage one another, people who are damaged, come together. Come together. Let's go down. The reconciler in all cosmic reality, from beginning to end, from the beginning of creation to the end of creation, from the beginning of time in the time bubble from the be- to the end of time in the time bubble, he is the one with absolute authority. The astounding thing is that he looks you and me in the eye and says, I love you. What? Settle down. How can you who do all of this stuff come to me knowing who I am and say, I love you? How can he do it? Not just humanity all things to himself, all creation. The world will bow down. The world bows down now waiting for his return. Heavenly beings, those satanic beings, they will bow down. They know who Jesus is. They know, they just don't do. They know who he is, they just don't do. 
They don't respond to him. They think they have the, the capacity to be able to defeat him in the end. So he took away their major weapon and killed death, making peace through his blood. Next week we're going to celebrate communion here. This is the most pivotal thing of our faith, the most powerful thing of our faith, because we stand again to recollect the, the miseries he went through for us, the price he paid for us, and the resurrection that comes as we see him come face to face with this death and take it to eternity. And he is your saviour. The life you live is not about rules and regulations. The life you live is about intimacy with Jesus, taking you deeper and deeper and deeper into who he is transforming to you, into who he is to look like Jesus. And you will go into eternity living the life that he has given you. He'll receive you and say, well done, well done, my dancer. We danced together, we had some pretty good steps, you and I. We won the race a lot of the time, but only because I was in charge. Making peace through his blood. Let's move on. Who is this Jesus? Yep. Take a moment to ponder. Let me ask you to shut your eyes. Let me ask you to shut your eyes. See if you can come to grips with who this Jesus is. See if you can come to grips with who this Jesus is. the supreme majesty of eternity, the great creator, the holy one, your master and your loving companion. How do we get from one to the other? We get there because we hear his voice telling us it's true. And the next one, there is a sense of focus in this for us. Again, when we see reality against the backdrop of truth, everything comes into focus. When we see who we are in our world with all of the things that are happening to us and we place it against the background of Jesus, our Saviour, on the cross. We hear his voice say to us, I have loved you from the moment that you were born. I have loved you through your life and I will love you in death. Be my child. Be my companion. You with me? You with me? I'm serious. I'm not interested in just knowing about these things because it changes your life forever. 